Kevin, you were there. Back in May, we performed our Lesser of Two Marathon with some of the funniest people in Vancouver at the Seven Dining Lounge. We recorded that entire show. We're going to be releasing parts of it online individually as bonus pay-what-you-want content. I want to pay $7. You can do that. I want to pay $7.50. You can do that. I want to pay nothing. You can do that even if you want. (gasps) What is the Lesser of Two Evils Marathon? I wasn't here to see it done live. Then you're an idiot and I hate you. (laughs) If you like Lesser of Two Evils. And you like funny people. And you like paying whatever you want. Get get it. it. I heard there's a place you can go. Causticgear.com. Previously on Caustic Soda. Because at least this way, I can recognize the people that I love. Yeah, and I can, and you can say to them, "Hey, what am I holding right yeah. now?" <laughs> also known as pterygium, pronounced mm. pterygium. So it's it's got something to do with pterodactyls. Yep. But unfortunately, if I was a mantis shrimp and I was an asshole mantis shrimp, then uh, according uh, to the rules, I would come back as like a fucking dung beetle. And we know the odds of that are pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah. What about four to ten, four, ten to forty percent of elderly gods? Uh, those th- th- we haven't been able to get those in for study yet, sadly. <laughs> they, they, well, they come in, they just drive all the researchers insane. I like that I just undermine everything I said in the previous segment. <laughs> <laughs> and now the conclusion. Bam! In the history. This is a follow-up to quackery. Poor mm-hmm. eyesight quackery. Oh, mm, okay. Since ancient times... Slapping. <laughs> slapping. Slap therapy? Just fix it, yeah. I don't know. Once, once I've made my first billion with slap therapy, I'm going to laugh myself all the way to the bank. Well, we've learned that uh, terrible I'm cures can make lots of money. Quacking myself all the way to the bank. <laughs> Call you Scrooge McDuck. Mm-hmm. Since ancient times, many people have held the mistaken belief that poor eyesight can be cured by special eye exercises. Okay. I thought you were going to say snake bites. (laughs) (laughs) That's out of left field. I'm sure that there are people who've thought that. This belief was brought to its highest state of fruition by a one-time reputable physician, William Horatio Bates, M.D., William Horatio Bates, M.D. After he got driven out of the medical business, went into the hotel business. Oh, yeah. The Bates Motel, who in 1920 published The Cure of Imperfect Eyesight by Treatment Without Glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In 1917, Bates offered a course in the Bates system of eye exercises for a fee that included a subscription to the magazine. Oh, that's not okay. so bad. Well, you, get, uh, you pay a fee and you get a magazine as well as a cure for your bad eyesight. Yeah. This venture met with considerable success, financial that is, right. and led many people to believe in the Bates system. This book attracted large numbers of charlatans, quacks, and gullible followers who then published scores of unscientific books and articles of their own on the subject of vision. Well, mm-hmm. if he can do it. Yeah. They saw him making a lot of money by going, just exercise your eyes, it'll be fine. And they're like, yeah, let's go even crazier. Mm-hmm. Extolling the bait system, these authors urged readers to throw away their glasses. <laughs> that Be wasteful. Yeah, that's right. Throw them into the streets. Run them over with your car. Some of these writers even established schools. Contrary to scientific fact, Bates taught that errors of refraction are due not to the basic shape of the eyeball or the structure of the lens, but to a functional and therefore curable derangement in the action of the muscles on the outside of the eyeball. Okay. Wait, outside muscles? 
Uh, of the outside of the eyeball, yeah. Right. The one mm. that moves and stretches and okay. stuff like that. Not, the, not, the, not at the front of the eye, though. Yeah. Not those muscles. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> All defects in vision, he said, were caused by eye strain and nervous tension, and perfect vision could be achieved by relaxing the eyes completely. Mm. Uh, you know what? When I relax my eyes completely, they're closed. That does cure any vision problems I might have. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I see my eyelids perfectly. Yeah. Bates warned that eyeglasses caused the vision to deteriorate. He also deplored the use of sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Bates claimed his exercises could correct nearsightedness, farsightedness, astigmatism, and presbyopia, which is the inability of older people to focus their eyes on nearby objects. So oh, I thought it was mm. like something to do with Presbyterians. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it, was not, it was the ability to see in church. Look at all those people in church. What? Where? Mm-hmm. I've got presbyopia. <laughs> they could also cure such diseases as cataracts, eye infections, glaucoma, and macular degeneration. Okay. That sounds so, unlikely. Yeah. A big quackery uh, warning bell is when they cure, claim that it can cure just about everything. Mm-hmm. His exercise included palming, <laughs> covering the eyes and attempting to see blackness, uh-huh. Okay. and shifting or swinging the gaze from object to object. All right. Let's try that now. That does feel like exercising your eyes. Yeah. Well, it is. Uh, Uh, There's no doubt you're exercising the muscles in your eyes when you do that. The claims Bates made in advertising his book were so dubious that in 1929, the Federal Trade Commission issued a complaint against him for advertising falsely or misleadingly. I just Mm -hmm. imagine like, okay, now cross your eyes. Now uncross your eyes. Now cross your (laughs) eyes. Now uncross your eyes. Do 20 more reps. Yeah. But uh, basically- Now you can see better. Yeah. No, now my eyes hurt. It would have been, would have been a, he might, we might have gone on a lot longer if he had just put it to a catchy music and, you know, called it, you know, Eye into the Oldies or something. Right. Eye into yes. the Oldies. Bates died in 1931, but his wife continued publishing his works. An edited version of Dr. Bates's book was published in 1940 as Better Eyesight Without Glasses. Right. This version was revised several times and is still in print. Wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's awesome. Check this out. Its recommendations include sun treatment, in which the sun is permitted to shine on closed eyes and then on the sclera, the white portion of the eye, while looking downward. The book states, one cannot get too much sun treatment. Right. So you're closing your eyes, you're looking up at the sun, and you're pointing your eyes downward while your eyes are closed. Well, yeah. Uh, you can also uh, open your eyes and look downward. The, oh, the, okay. The uh, closed eyes is, is shining directly on them, yeah, but then you can all shine it on the sclera while looking downward so that you're not looking at the sun, <laughs> but you're opening your eyes up and making it so that the sunlight hits all the white parts of your eyes without going in uh, or trying to. Uh, that doesn't sound like fun. Just terrible, terrible, terrible advice. Now, I have a personal anecdote mm. with respect to, you know, kind of... Uh, eye exercises. Well, uh, Sort of, a little bit. Um I, as a child, in the, uh, you know, around grade five or grade six, you know, they always send that uh, ophthalmologist to Mm -hmm. your elementary school, and they do the eye testing. Right. And they tell you, they get your parents in, they tell you, uh, your kid needs glasses. He needs four pairs of glasses. Your kid doesn't need glasses. And uh, they told my parents I needed glasses, although I'd never really had any trouble seeing the board or anything like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have ideal vision. So I wore either glasses or contact lenses for all the way through. For the last two years of elementary school, all the way through high school mm. and first year university, mm-hmm. and then, so that's that's about eight years. Wow. And uh, I uh, I got to first university, and I had a problem with the fact that I lived on campus, and I was only like a five minute walk from class. 
had a problem with getting out of bed five minutes before my class started. So not enough time to put in my contact lenses. So all I did was like, well, screw it. I'll just sit in the front row. No problems. Right? Okay. I never had a particularly strong prescription. Uh, prescription, unlike my brother, who is blind as a bat. Uh, and so I just sat in the front row. And then, you know, I kind of got in the habit of not wearing them at all. So for, uh, they kind of dried out. So I didn't really have any contact lenses. Right. So then I, but then just I noticed. There little tiny piles of powder. Yeah, you know, you just don't want to put them in your eyes after a while, okay. you know, kind of scrapey. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, so then I, I, I found, you know, after uh, like a couple of years of this, not wearing my contact lenses, that I was being able to sit further and further back in class without having any trouble. So you the hit the wall and then you had to carve a, a piece out of the wall and move, go into the next room behind you. Well, no, no, no that, it, that's what's amazing about his vision. He was able to be in the next room and see through the wall. That's how good it was. <laughs> but it, it got, I mean, my vision improved greatly over the span of about two years to the right. point where I uh, I had the limitation on my driver's license that I had to wear corrective lenses while driving. I went back in, retook the test, passed it, and now had that taken off of my right. license. So did you have the same ophthalmologist for that eight-year period? Uh, no. No, uh, my theory is what I believe to be true was mm-hmm. that my eyes were never that bad. Right. And uh, when I put the glasses on, it my uh, my eyes corrected to the glasses. Yeah. So that I saw as badly as the glasses required me to see. And when I lost them, I reverted to where I my eyesight should have been all along. Which was not so bad. So this ophthalmologist made a mistake, and then you just had that prescription for eight years. Well, it's like when you go to the dentist, and they say, hey, you know what? Let's take your wisdom teeth out before they cause a problem. Oh, he wanted to take your eyes out? I really truly, <laughs> I truly believe that you know this ophthalmologist decided that anybody who even had slightly less than 20-20 vision, he was going to get glasses on them. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Because that's how he made his money. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, you know, so he sold a bunch of glasses. I mean, I bought glasses and contact lenses for eight years. There was a lot of money being made. And uh, you got your eyes tested each time you got new glasses, though, didn't you? uh, I mean, they stick your head in the thing, but it's the same guy who's like. Uh, So it was the same guy. Oh, uh, like when I was in high school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was in Campbell River. There's not a whole heck of a lot of them going around. Okay. Uh, And so then, you know, they, they, uh, they keep you in glasses for commercial purposes and then mm-hmm. you know if you ever have the occasion to take your glasses off for two years and you notice your eyesight improved to the point where you're not deemed legally necessary to wear them to drive mm-hmm. but as we so, all know people who wear glasses are more sexy um i don't know about more sexy know, just glasses in sexy manner <laughs> Well, I will say that it seems to you me can, that you can like, do this where you lift the glasses slightly down and look over them. I, I can do that with sunglasses. Yeah, that's only sexy when a hot librarian does that. I, oh. I do complain that it seems like literally the year after I got my laser eye surgery, because my eyesight was absolutely terrible, that that's when it seemed like sexy glasses showed up. Like, just I got my eyes fixed yeah, sweating you- glasses, <laughs> and all of a sudden, bam, they invented those, uh, those short, wide frames that look really good and like. Pop culture just changed so that people with glasses were sexy again. Mm-hmm. My just recommendation as a result of my experience is get glasses when you can't see the board, not when this whole... You not know, when the ophthalmologist tells you? Yeah. You know, when you're <laughs> Don't not listen having, to the experts. No, no but they, when you're not having a problem, like I was sitting in the back of class and I could see the board just fine. Yeah. And then, I, you know, as a parent, somebody with a white lab coat on tells you that your kid needs glasses. It's yeah. the fact your kid has never really shown any evidence of needing glasses, mm-hmm. that maybe it's... Uh, but as we all know, kids necessary. are stupid. Do, do we all know that? Yes, and they'll, uh, they just won't know they have difficulty with vision. Well, well they, they might not, yeah. 
But no, it's pretty explicit. I mean, you can either see the teacher writing on the board and look at it and copy it down in your book, or it, you can't. You're, all life is not about what's being written down on the board. I know they want you to believe that, Kevin. <laughs> it it could also be that your eyes, when you grew up, that your eyes grew into a shape that they no longer needed correction. And but mm-hmm. but that didn't happen because, as you say, you were wearing glasses and contacts all the time, so your eyes had to compensate for those which you did need when you're or might have needed when you were younger i don't believe i did okay mm. maybe not i don't know because I, I i wasn't really i didn't really understand even at the time why i was getting glasses because like but i don't, I don't, don't really have a problem so but you had glasses and then you put them on yeah what did your vision get worse or better uh it got a little sharper yeah so it got a little better yeah it wasn't so worth, kind of it wasn't worth eight years of contact lenses what's the doctor's name let's get him on the let's show get him mm, yeah Let's do it. Revenge. In the news. <laughs> June 2014, London, England. A clubber sprayed with ammonia in a homophobic attack outside a popular nightclub in South London's gay district has been warned by doctors he could lose his eyesight. A clubber is someone who goes to clubs. Yes. Uh, as opposed to somebody who clubs seals. Yeah. That's right. Here mm-hmm. in Canada, you have to make sure which one you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Got it. Police issued CCTV images of a bearded man and two younger women who they would like to identify in connection with the attacks outside of the Lightbox Club in London. Mm-hmm. The 23-year-old from southwest London, a male friend, age 21, had struck up a conversation with the trio outside the club after being refused admission because it was past closing time. When Mm. the women, said to be Eastern European, discovered the pair were gay, they began screaming homophobic abuse. The victim said, oh, I got to do an English accent. Blimey. Uh, Blimey. 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 No, that's, I I do blimey and I go Australian. (laughs) Blimey. You're thinking of crikey. Crikey. (laughs) As we walked away, I heard a man shout, oi, come here. At first, I thought it was the doorman saying he changed his mind and we could go in. Then I saw this white guy with a beard and his hand coming up with a water bottle that he squirted really hard into my face. It went right into my eyes and it sprayed into my friend's mouth. My face was burning so much, I thought it was acid. I thought I would never see again. I'm totally losing my accent now. And my face was melting. He poured every last drop onto us and then turned around and walked away like it was mission accomplished. And what was the stuff in the bottle? Ammonia. The chemical okay. burnt the cornea in my left eye, and the vision hasn't cleared since. Ugh. The doctors said it should hopefully return, but there's no guarantee. You got to think that this guy went here on a mission to spray ammonia into somebody. He wasn't that just carrying exactly his bottle of ammonia around. That is exactly what this guy around. pointed out, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, there's not very many reasons to carry ammonia around with you. Yep. I don't want gay people looking at me. That's what it is, the yeah. gay eyes. There you go, gay eyes. Mm. What's playing on my mind is the fact that this guy had left his flat and thought, wallet, keys, bottle of bleach. The guy had gone out with the intention of blinding someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, brutal. Uh, and he said his friend's tongue was swollen and it looked like someone had scratched part of it away. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. Minutes later, a third man was doused with chemicals just yards away. Police believe the same man was responsible for both incidents. Ah, two bottles of ammonia. Yeah. This guy's an asshole. Yeah. A homophobic asshole. Mm -hmm. June 2014, Houston, Texas. Claudus Alston, 65, suffers from a variety of ailments, including kidney failure. But in 2012, he sought treatment at Houston Methodist Hospital for an eye condition and was diagnosed with pink eye or conjunctivitis. Okay. Conjunctivitis. Medical (laughs) records show he was given a prescription for a common conjunctivitis treatment cortisporin ophthalmic suspension. Mm -hmm. He got that prescription filled at a local CVS pharmacy. 
In the lawsuit filed this week, Alston's attorney displayed the original packaging and instructions that came with the solution CVS gave him. Instead of cortisporin ophthalmic suspension, the packaging says it contains neomycin polymyxin HC, a treatment for bacterial ear infections. Oh, they put the eye, ear medicine in the eye. They did. And then they put the eye medicine in the ear. Suddenly he started, could see out of his ear. He could hear <laughs> visions. Yeah, right. And uh, if he could see only. sound. It created synesthesia. There you go. Yeah. It, only in comic books. The packaging identified as it as ear solen, but the mm. instructions say, instill three drops in each eye twice daily for five days. Wow. Cool. Immediately after he instilled the drops, he just he became just beside himself and was like, this really hurts said Alston's caretaker and legal guardian, Jamina Cruikshank. Only said it with more passion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This really hurts. <laughs> he was immediately struck with pain and irritation in his eye. Alston said he immediately rushed back to the hospital emergency room. Doctors have confirmed that Alston is now blind oh, in his left don't eye. Don't put your ear medicine in no. your eyes. Oh. That's bad. Yeah. This reminds me of that awesome Kids in the Hall sketch. Don't put salt in your eyes. Don't put salt in your eyes. Don't put salt in your eyes. Put salt in your eyes. <laughs> ah, why did I put salt in my eyes? Documentation in medical journals and pharmaceutical websites for the ear infection treatment clearly state that it should never be placed in the eye. No. We should find the YouTube video of the kids in the hall, don't put salt in my eyes sketch and put it on the website. All right, we'll do that. Yeah. Uh, we hope the court system will bring some justice to Mr. Alston, said Sorrells, who says he has no indication the pharmacist in question was ever reprimanded or retrained after the mistake. Mm-hmm. He was uh, giggling when he did it. <laughs> Texas law limits malpractice claims like this, even with the loss of an eye or limb to a maximum of $250,000. Well, now we know how much vision, but, uh, half of your vision is worth. In Texas. Quarter of a million dollars. Mm-hmm. That's how much everything's worth in Texas if it gets damaged. Yep. Yeah. Everything's bigger in Texas, except for the uh, except for, except for lawsuit pants. Except for lawsuit pants, yeah. In the pop culture, before we get into movies uh, in general, or speaking about specific blind movies, I want to talk about a guy I just found out about, Tommy Edison. He has a website called BlindMovieCritic.com. Okay. Tommy's been blind since birth, and he reviews movies on YouTube. And uh, you can find them on his YouTube channel or at blindfilmcritic.com. So he reviews them entirely on the basis of their soundtracks? And story and acting and performance and all that <laughs> other stuff. Just everything but what he can see. That's, yeah. So he doesn't review Michael Bay movies because they don't possess any of those things. Uh, story, character, quality. I, man, he might have. Uh, he's done <laughs> He's done a bunch. I've only, I've only watched a few of them. He's got a great Big Lebowski review, which he absolutely mm-hmm. loves. Well, that's all. That movie's all dialogue. It's, I mean, you could close your eyes and watch that movie and kind of get you, you would know what Jeff Bridges looks like just by hearing him talk. That's kind of what he talks about yeah. in his reviews. It's it's pretty cool to hear somebody who has this completely different experience of these movies that I love yeah. talking about what really works for him, what doesn't work for him. Uh-huh. He reviewed Inception and mentions that you can tell what's going on without seeing almost all the time. And then there's big action sequences where uh-huh. there's just <laughs> sounds and craziness going on. But he says, but for him, it doesn't matter because right after that, they kind of explain what just happened. Right. They describe it. And he goes, oh, that's what that was. Okay, good. I'm still in the story. I'm so still in the movie. Christopher and he keeps Nolan going. made it for blind people. He specifically says, thank you, Christopher Nolan, for right. making Inception the way that he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Christopher Nolan kind of needed to explain everything that happened because much of it is incomprehensible. Like, yeah. without the explanation, it would be tough to follow even for sighted people. Yeah. Although now, the visuals are totally rad. Now, the reason that I wanted to talk about this just before we jump right into pop culture is because he also has a section he calls the Tommy Edison experience where he just answers people's questions about what it's like to live being blind. Okay. 
And I've got this one YouTube video and I'm going to show you guys. And the question is, can someone blind from birth, which he is, draw? It is kind of ballsy for somebody whose last name is Edison to name their son Tommy. Yeah, it's true. That's that's a ballsy move. I've become a big fan of this guy. He's very cheerful. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's kind of funny. Uh, kind great of, hair. Kind of dad jokes. <laughs> I, I thought Although, that exact same thing. I was like, this guy can't see, and his hair is way better than mine. <laughs> How does that work? I thought, I thought you said he had gray hair, it, not both. great hair. It's great. He's got both. He's okay. Got both. I, I, <laughs> so here, I, I want to see. You guys can watch this. Uh, can a person blind from birth draw? So I'm going to skip ahead I to where he... I've can actually, some people, can some sighted people draw? I can't. <laughs> I, I cannot, as our Indiegogo contributors who are deadly receiving their original art from me very shortly will attest to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I believe well, that I have seen this video in the course of things just okay. by it being posted on Facebook or whatnot. So but, this uh, is him drawing a cat? Yes, so I have seen this. He's drawing the uh, cat's face right now. Mm-hmm. Now he's drawing the ears on top, which he knows could kind of be triangles. But we do know that a blind person can sculpt. And there's the eyes. As seen in the Lionel Richie video for Hello. Uh, yes, but was that woman blind from birth? Oh, we don't know. No, we don't, we don't know, know her fictional question. background. We need another video, Lionel Richie. Yeah. We need the so, prequel. Uh, Hello. So the answer to the question, uh, I would like to say, can people blind from birth draw is uh, no. Yeah, that is a that is that's, a there's emphatic, his cat. an emphatic no. He's kind of getting a cat-like... It's a hint of Katniss. Uh, hint There's of Katniss. Why are you talking about Hunger Games porn? Hint of Katniss. That's the that's her perfume. Oh, yeah. There that's you go. The... That's some cross promotional uh, product placement. <laughs> he has a bunch of great videos. I'm going to link uh, directly to his YouTube channel and his website. Uh, he's got one where he tries to guess the color of scented markers. Mm-hmm. So he smells them and tries to figure out what the color is. Can we send in questions? Yeah, we could send him in questions. Can Kevin, send in. Have you ever tried slap therapy? <laughs> <laughs> Might find that a bit insulting, but uh, go ahead. I wonder how many of our listeners are more than fifty percent blind. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Let's hear from. I mean, we are an audio podcast, and we we're nothing special to look at. So you know, it, except for of, the ones who are wearing glasses, we, we send we lend ourselves to uh, being listened to by the blind. I think. I also found another thing for pop culture before we get into specific pop culture stuff. You might wonder how do blind people enjoy pornography. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of people, it seems, worried about that. So they made a website called pornfortheblind.org. Who was worried about this? Uh, well, I think they're mostly uh, anonymous. Okay. You can go to a porn website where a video exists and mm. record yourself describing what the website looks like and then what happens in the video and upload it so that blind people can download and listen to the MP3. So, oh, so it's just that. not... Ah, ah, ah. Oh, no, yeah. no. Oh, yeah. No, with, no, no, with, there's no. There's no performance at all. Uh, here, I've got a, I've got a sample clip. It's, it's just a like, descriptive video. There's somebody explaining to you what okay. the porn is. Right. I was hoping there would be a 3D printer attached to this somehow. <laughs> I guess, you know, blind people, it's sort of tactile. You know, you can, it's basically porn braille. Right? Porn gotta, braille. There you go. Now we're talking. Now Million we are dollar cooking with gas. idea, Torn. Braille porn. Uh-huh. Love it. Here we go. Here's a, here's a sample. This is uh, for Big Sausage Pizza. It, even better, because you could have like, you could have 
Uh-huh. Like a mannequin, a naked mannequin with boobs and everything. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you could have sexy poetry written on the boobs in Braille. In Braille. Oh. You're getting two levels. You're getting multiple levels of sexiness. That's oh, you could you could poetry. use it as like a teaching Wait. aid for how to pleasure your partner by putting the Braille for, oh, yes, right here. Touch, yeah. Touch. On the right spot. Because <laughs> sexy poetry doesn't Soft, have... then hard. Sexy poetry doesn't have anything to do with porn, Torn. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Counterclockwise. Uh-huh. Counterclockwise. <laughs> Harder. <laughs> Slower. All right. The page's main banner displays a large kielbasa layered over a thin crust pepperoni pizza. Multiple taglines read, where every pizza includes a big sausage. Every pizza comes with a big tasty sausage, whether you ordered it or not. And we deliver. Scrolling down the page, pictures of various girls are shown reacting to the delivery man who is sitting on the couch giving a thumbs up to the camera. I do like the fact that in the middle of it, he heaves an exasperated sigh. <laughs> <You're kind of> like, <sighs> oh, yeah, I'm really He's, doing this. He sits on the couch <laughs> and looks at the camera and gives a thumbs up as all the girls are gathered around him. <sighs> like, dude, you chose to do this. You didn't have to do this. Nobody asked you to do this. You could show a little more enthusiasm for and, and the job. Then, and then the lady slowly takes off her panties, <laughs> and, and uh, you can see her bush, and oh, sexy. Well, later on, he does describe. So the video he's describing is just a preview uh-huh. of the por- of the porn from BigSausagePizza.com, uh, I guess. You're welcome. But he does go into it, send and us, it because send us free sausage. Yeah. Oh, I'll take free sausage. Uh, it's because, not the kind of sausage you want. Duh! Because it's a pre a preview clip, it keeps fast cutting, so he has to really quickly describe what's going on, and it gets pretty funny. I'll include that clip. Uh, in, well, uh, a young man knocks on the door, and a blonde woman, twenty uh, something, in a pink blouse and a ripped denim skirt, she's tan, answers the door. Uh, apparently she doesn't have any money, and so even though she's really appalled by the delivery man's behavior, she has no choice. Uh, she begins by performing fellatio, massaging her vagina, giving fellatio to the man while he's wearing the pizza box, uh, having sex from behind, missionary, standing in suspended congress, spooning from the side. Suspended congress. Cowgirl, uh, reverse cowgirl, more reverse cowgirl. And finally, the man comes to fruition, but uh, the camera blurs out, and the familiar big sausage pizza logo um, covers the woman's face. It reads, join now, members see it all. I did learn a few uh, names of sexual positions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there was suspended Congress. I, did, I don't know what that is. Uh, well, you know what it is? It's when they stopped making laws in the United States. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So they, they stopped making laws for the performance of fellatio in this video, evidently. <laughs> Guys, we've got to do this. Mm-hmm. We have to do a porn for the blind reading. That'll be not right now. That'll be an Indiegogo perk <laughs> next year. No, man, it's for the blind. It's got to go up for free on pornfortheblind.org. Joe, fill your boots. I'm gonna do it. Do not use the name Caustic Soda in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> totally <You're> forbidden. <laughs> totally, you have been banned officially. Caustic Soda. Uh, Caustic Soda. <laughs> why do you hate? <laughs> yeah, why? you can be Caustic Soda. No, no, Crusty Sofa is the name <laughs> of the show that does on the porn, porn readings. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I've uh, this is this is I've been thinking of all sorts of spinoff shows we can do. Crusty Sofa is totally the porn show. Okay, one comment. Subscribe now. I never wink back at 
fireflies And now that the stars are in your eyes I'm beginning to see the light I never went in for afterglow Or candlelight on the mistletoe But now when you turn the lamp down low I'm beginning to see the light Used to ramble through the park Shadow boxing in the dark Then you came and caused a spark That's a four-alarm fire now I never made love by lantern shine I never saw rainbows in my wine But now that your lips are burning mine I'm beginning to see the light I never get much from moonlit skies I never wink back at fireflies But now that the stars are in your eyes I'm beginning to see the light I never went in for afterglow Or candlelight on the mistletoe But now when you turn the lamp down low I'm beginning to see the light Used to ramble through the park Shadow boxing in the dark Then you came and caused a spark That's a four-alarm fire now I never made love by light and shine I never saw rainbows in my wine But now that your lips are burning mine I'm beginning to see the light One common trope in pop culture is the blind and the beast TV trope. Oh, I love mm-hmm. this one. In the original Frankenstein, the monster learns to speak by hiding in a house where a blind old man, his son and daughter-in-law live and listening to them talk. Mm-hmm. After a while, he approaches the old man while the <laughs> others are out and asks for his help, but the rest of the family returns at this point and chases the monster away. Yep. That's from the original book. Right. Yeah. Yep. This is, uh, again, going back to the Hello video. Hello. Because, yeah. because Lionel Richie is basically a monster, like uh-huh. uh, like the thing and his girlfriend, Alicia Masters yeah. from the Fantastic Four. Ironic that right in the chorus of uh-huh. the song, is it me you're looking for? And then in the video, she's blind. Yeah. Yeah. Looking. 
Oh, I'm so sorry. I meant searching. Searching is what I meant. I didn't mean to. Oh, God. Uh, can I start all over again? <laughs> I should have had a thesaurus for this. In Young Frankenstein, the blind hermit's hospitality to the monster proves rather painful as he keeps unknowingly injuring his guest <laughs> by, for instance, pouring hot soup in his lap instead of yeah. into his bowl. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Toxic Avenger, I recall, because uh, right. we watched that for chemical accidents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His girlfriend was a blind girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. Now, doesn't she get her sight back at some point? I don't know if she does. Does she? Because what I've got here says uh, when she's finally given her sight for the first time, she sees her hot doctor and screams in horror, but thought that her freaky mutated bow was the sexiest oh, man alive. Okay. Mm-hmm. It re- the movie really stuck with you, Tori. So they, <laughs> yep. they, they flipped that trope, right, yeah. of, of the once you get revealed, you think uh, they're horrible. Cleverly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kevin, you've seen the blind swordsman, Zatoichi? Oh, I didn't see the 2003 version. Oh, you've seen the originals? I've seen the original, original yes, yeah. which is from like the 50s or something. Uh, and yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's a uh, kind of a folk tale from, yeah. you know, Japanese lore that there's a swordsman that uh, all of his other senses are heightened because he's blind. Right. And so he's always underestimated. Right. Because, you know, you got this blind man. Oh, we'll easily defeat we'll him. We'll easily defeat him. And then, of course, his hearing and his, you know, uh, sense of smell and whatever, he can, you know, defeat all comers. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's Worth actually a couple of full full movies up on YouTube of this. Yeah. And there, I mean, Zatoichi uh, was so successful, I think, uh, that there are literally dozens yeah. of uh, Zatoichi movies over the decades. Mm. Yeah, as yeah. well as a television series. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah, this movie that's up on YouTube, Zatoichi and the Doomed Man, the fight scenes just seem, I don't know, maybe dated is the right word. Mm-hmm. Like unrealistic, because he's playing up his blindness so much that most of the time he does look completely physically incapable. And then as soon as somebody makes a move on him, he turns into a whirling dervish of death mm-hmm. and then goes right back to incompetently stumbling around. Yeah. Which I, maybe that's part of what he's trying to do, but it seems like he really does feel like there, he just stumbles into a wood log sitting there and mm-hmm. everybody for some reason screams at him every time they try to attack. Yeah. Here I come, guy who can't see me. Uh-huh. Well, you know, it's kind of like why the ninjas all attack one at a time. Why don't they attack 20 yeah, at a time? Yeah, exactly. I thought Zatoichi was entertaining enough the first couple, but there doesn't need to be dozens of these movies. They all kind of uh, follow the same sort of path. Yeah. Yeah. At least the two or three that I've seen. How about uh, the Rutger Hauer movie Blind Fury? Well, I I definitely haven't seen this since it came out in, in 1989. Yeah. Did anybody else see Blind Fury? Uh, I did, but uh-huh. again, it was so long ago. I have no memory of it at all. But Starring in, Rutger Hauer? Yeah, in yeah. 1989, let's 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 face facts here. Let's let's call a spade a spade. Rutger Hauer was at the height of his oh, yeah. powers. Right? Yeah, he was, you know, uh, a a his powers Force be- majeure, if you will, on the screen, okay. as far as I was concerned. Dr. Howard could do no wrong, but this this movie was all wrong, wrong oh. in every single way. Was it the turning point that led to the downfall of his career? Could be. Could be, but it led him all the way to hover with a shotgun, so all is forgiven. So was it just a retelling of Zatoichi? Basically, yes. Although, yeah. in 1989, I hadn't seen Zatoichi, so I didn't know it. Ha-ha. Right. That's what they were counting on. Uh-huh. It's a loosely based, modernized version of Zatoichi Challenged. The 17th film in the yeah. Japanese Zatoichi right. film series. Nice. That's right. Yeah. That's the great thing so about by Zatoichi. by 1989, there had already been 17 Zatoichi yeah, films. Yeah, like, yes. can we look, when, the original Zatoichi, like, literally came out in the 50s. So, by 1989, it had been around for 
you know, 30 years or more. A total of 26 films were made from 1962 to 1989. There you go, 1962. So it had been around for 27 years at that point already. And uh, it was on television for five years as a TV series as mm-hmm. well. Wow. Uh, with 100 episodes. Wow. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. And there's the recent one, which uh, none of us have seen. It's kind of like uh, the Japanese James Bond. It just keeps going. Yeah. It, actually, it's, that's a really good comparison. Just uh, constantly remaking it and redoing it. Yeah, because the first James Bond was in like 1963. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heimdall in Thor was blind. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, had, not, no, not. No, he had supervision. No, supervision. Opposite of blindness. Yes. But, but that fits under the sight. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's under, we're in, we're I know, not in we're, the blindness. <laughs> Not in the blindness episode. We're in the sight episode. He could see everything. I see all. <laughs> That's what he did. Yeah. He had vision even better than um, all the other Asgardians. He possessed naturally advanced superhuman senses. It was His sight was so extraordinary that he can see and hear anything occurring in Asgard, spot advancing armies from such distances that the armies would still be many days distance away. Mm-hmm. But what if you like hide behind a pillar? I don't think that matters. I think he's got basically vision that goes through everything as well. Because yeah. you can see everything in Asgard, and a lot of stuff in Asgard is behind buildings. Like, well, what's yeah, his name can so shoot those laser beams out of his eyes that go around corners? Why can't Heimdall see around? Dark, dark side. side. Yeah. 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 Sure, why not? I mean, he could see Earth on another plane uh, of existence. That was DC. Heimdall is Marvel. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, given mm-hmm. different rules of the universe. Uh, uh, yeah. Star Trek, Geordi LaForge. Geordi LaForge. He was born blind. He was a blind borner. That's what mm-hmm. they call them, right? Yeah, yeah. Blind birther. Blind birther. Baby blinder. He had the visor. Does mm-hmm. anyone know what visor stands for? It is an acronym. Oh, God. Pop uh, quiz. Star Trek pop quiz. Vision insensate uh, orgasmic recalibrator. <laughs> uh, vision integration with sensory organism replicator. I don't know. That's not bad. Replicator sucks. but mm-hmm. I think it's visual input. God, something organ replacement, sensory organ replacement, visual instrument and sensory organ replacement. You had all but one of them. Ah, so you still lose. You're a loser like the rest of us. (laughs) (laughs) I have to hand in my Star Trek communicator badge. (laughs) Do you have one? No. I will soon, though. Oh, because of Jackie's uh, Indiegogo campaign. Nice. So yeah, his visor kind of looked like one of those hairbands. Yes, that women mm-hmm. would not a not a not poison or a rat. I mean, the actual bands that women would put to keep their hair down. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it forward. was based on that. I yeah. believe it was. And when did the next generation start? Nineteen eighty-eight. Okay, eighty-nine. So those kind of sunglasses were sort of kind of in at the time. I, sunglasses. Are, the the yeah, blade no, they were, style? Yeah, the blade style sunglasses where it was just kind of this one plastic sheath around this thin band that you put in front of your eyes. Uh, our sound engineer and producer and my brother Mike had one of those sets oh, of sunglasses. Nice. Um, and he had it probably in years previous to Julia Ford showing up on screen in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So they I, were borrowing heavily from fashion of the day. I have heard a lot of stories of LeVar Burton just dozing off behind the glasses during <laughs> during filming. How could he not? Yeah. Yeah, like I'm Those guessing he can't when see you don't, them. When you're just, all you have to do is sit in your seat while Captain Picard talks to Riker. And the only way you'd know it was happening is because he'd just say, like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 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 Roots. <laughs> 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 Reading Rainbow. 
Just, a butterfly just, in the sky. Just talking about his accomplishments. Did you say Sandra Bullock? I said it's in a book. Oh, okay. Sandra Bullock. Take mm-hmm. a look. It's in a book, Sandra Bullock. Take a look. Ah, it's so he's in prophetic. A book, when he was Bullock. sleeping with those visors on, he was prophetic about the careers of other actors who were as yet unknown. We've talked about Scent of a Woman quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Al Pacino as the uh, sightless army veteran. Colonel Slade. Colonel Slade. A little trivia from that. Uh, he was helped in his performance by a school for the blind uh, oh. in preparing for his role. Mm-hmm. And he said that to make himself appear blind, he just didn't allow his eyes to focus on anything. Mm-hmm. And the word is uh, that he would stay in blind character uh, while offset as well and would walk around not focusing on things. I would think that would hurt. hurt. That would be annoying and would hurt. I would think so as well. I mean, that's kind of part of the work of Can't acting. you just properly act? Well, why didn't he just poke <laughs> himself in the eye till he stopped seeing? Yeah, just keep poking himself till his vision was blurred. I think Surely he, you could put in contact lenses that would prevent you from seeing. Oh, yes. No, that is definitely a thing. I think they do that these days, yeah. Well, I mean, you can uh, oftentimes, uh, if they're really like camera-friendly contact lenses, uh, like in Underworld 2... Which okay. I worked on. Oh, uh, many of the characters and stuntmen had to have these, uh, you know, lenses put in the vampire lenses that make their eyes look yep. a certain way. Yeah, and they would narrow their field of vision so much that you literally had to lead them to set like a blind person. Like they would oh, put their wow. hand on your shoulder, and nice. you would walk to set with them. And sometimes if you had two or three of them. You get like a little, a little a human train. centipede. A human actor centipede. I would describe it as a human centipede. They're not humans. They're actors. Yeah, <laughs> this a human train, a wagon oh. train. Yeah, exactly. Where you. Go to set, and then you dress them in human conga line. Yeah, is there is there a non human? We're conga going line? to underworld now. We're going to underworld now. <laughs> oh, that would have made the trip that much more fun if we'd done that. <laughs> uh, this might be a bit of a spoiler, but uh, who has seen the Book of Eli? I've seen 2010. it two times. Really, I, I enjoy I, the post apocalyptic movies. I felt like I only needed to see it once. That's well, you're probably right. Yeah, I do like the certain. There's parts in the movie that don't have to do necessarily... Well, they kind of do. They don't necessarily have to do with the direct plot, which is just him kind of wandering around mm-hmm. in the wasteland, listening to his iPod until the batteries die or whatever, mm-hmm. or, and stuff like that. Now, that, this kind of stuff that I liked about that movie. I just have a question, because I'm never going to see this movie a second time. Yo. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's from what year? 2010. 2010. So you, all you people who have not seen it, flash forward like 30 seconds. Now that we know that he's blind at the end, when you watch it the second time, did it still make sense? Because I kind of had the sneaking suspicion that uh, they sort of dropped the ball on that a couple of times, that he would have done things earlier on that a blind person would not have necessarily done or exhibited sightedness uh, in a way to to fool us into thinking that he wasn't sighted to reveal that he's blind at the end. I don't even remember if... um there was a reason that he was like, what, why was, was it because God was telling him where to stab people or was it because he just had, no, a, I think it was a Zatoichi thing. Yeah. The whole like, you know, yeah. But you know, I just kind of had a sneak suspicion that they didn't, they weren't really paying that much attention to actually make him seem it felt totally that blind. Way. I, I, I can't say I watched this movie because when I did, I didn't. It didn't engage me, so I like barely paid attention. Yeah, like I think friends were over and we just ended up chatting while it was yeah. going on. So you know, it's I, I was in the background while I was in the same room. It's a serviceable movie, but it's yeah. not a great movie. I, I and I felt the same. I think I knew the spoiler uh, mm-hmm. going in and was watching it, going, "Wait a minute, isn't he?" What? But there's two spoilers. Yeah, right. The other one being that the that the Bible is braille. The book he is taking is the Bible, and yeah. it is in braille. Yeah. And apparently, from what, I don't know if this is IMDb trivia, where this comes from, but in Braille, it, the book would be much, much bigger 
Oh, really? Yeah, it the, wouldn't be the size of a Bible. The, and to put it in Braille, it would be much longer. The complete content of the Bible in Braille can't fit into a volume the size of the book Eli carries in the movie. Actually, just one of the Gospels, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John in Braille, is usually a book that is about one or one and a half inches wider, two inches taller, and one inch thicker than the book that he carries. The whole Bible in Braille would get to 39 volumes, which would make a stack six foot six inches high. That would be uh, a much more interesting movie, actually. <laughs> just a around huge stack. stack of books, like carrying a giant... Uh, well, to save himself from back injury, he would undoubtedly have to have like a, uh, you know, uh, a cart or he's something. He's got one, yeah, one of those little yeah. librarian's carts. Yeah. <laughs> Going through the wasteland with a squeaky wheel full or of books. could have a hand cart with uh, some uh, banker's boxes on it. Also, if he's got that iPod or whatever that he's listening to the music on, that means that some digital media has survived. Surely there's an EPUB of the of the Bible somewhere. Well, here's the other thing, too. If he's completely blind and he's listening to that iPod so often, then when he's listening to the iPod and completely blind, he cannot hear or oh, yeah. be alerted to anything. <laughs> yes. That he's like actually cutting himself off entirely from the outside world. Yeah. Well, he did. That seems like a tactical error whenever, like, you know, yeah. uh, maniacs in the wasteland are hunting you down. That's right. It's it's like one of us walking around wearing just big covers over our eyes. Yeah. Uh, double blindfold or uh, uh, double eye patch. Wearing VR helmets. Yeah. yeah, VR helmets to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> well, walking through the wasteland, time to watch some Big Lebowski. <laughs> he had settled in for the night. It's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside, and when you wake up, startled to say, I hope I don't go crazy today. It's such a bad feeling, an ominous feeling, a feeling you know that. We'll be back when the week is new And we'll have more gross facts for you And you'll have things you'll want to hear about We will too Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Gleason while being bombarded with cosmic rays. To comment on episodes, make donations, and for links, images, videos, and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter at Caustic Podcast. Email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Fraser King. Get into so, character. I'll just figure out what I'm going to say, but then I realized I never do that. I'll just start talking. In the news. Wait. Oh.